one of my mentors said, you know, Mark, don't just try to make a living, try to make a life. And I feel like by diving into something that is super meaningful for me, I've seen the impact of people's lives that we got to be a part of. And I, you can't put a price tag on that. Hi everyone, it's Steve and it is so good to be here with you on episode 82 of the Assyrian Podcast. When is the last time someone shared a crisis with you? No, I'm not talking about creating a crisis in your life. I'm talking about when someone opened up to you, they were vulnerable about a real struggle that they were trying to gain some perspective and clarity about. Well, today's guest, Mark Afshar Stevens, is regularly sought out by college students who are in the throes of life and making difficult choices that will set their path for years and years to come. If you are in Mark's presence, there's a couple things that are clear. He loves people and he is ready to brighten your day. He is relentlessly optimistic and it's contagious and explains how he became a campus minister for Chi Alpha while also raising a family and creating rap music. Yes, I said rap music. So strap on your seatbelt and get ready to hear from Mark. Support for this week's episode of the Assyrian Podcast is brought to you by Tony Caligaracos and the Injury Lawyers of Illinois and New York. If you know anyone that has been in a serious accident, please reach out to Tony Caligaracos. Tony has been recognized as a top 40 lawyer and a rising star by Super Lawyers Publications and has obtained multiple multi-million dollar awards. Tony can be reached at InjuryRights.com or 847-982-9516. Another word from the Assyrian Podcast. If you have an idea for a show that you think people all around the world would benefit from, please let us know and we'd love to help you out and get you on board. We want to support your big idea and also grow the Assyrian Podcast Network. We'd love to provide different shows that hit different audiences that cover different topics. You can find the new podcast show application form by going to www.assyrianpodcast.com or emailing us at info at assyrianpodcast.com. And now, here is Mark Stevens. Assyrian podcast. No, this not your mom cast. We be going crazy. Yeah, we connected like Comcast. Oh, oh that was off the top. Yeah, Comcast internet hey, connected. For, you do, know, but what about yeah. like our Australian listeners? Our listeners from England, they're you not going to know. They don't have Comcast. Comcast is an internet service provider in the United States of America. I'm sure there's something similar. All good. <laughs> All right, I want to jump in to getting to know the Mark Stevens or Mark Afshar story. Yeah, I first name. met you yes. as Mark Afshar Correct. in San Jose. Yes. So tell me, you just said the government name. Like, yeah. What's going on with that? All right. Well, here it is. The debut release of this exclusive information. You heard it first. Has it, no one podcast. has asked you about this? Yes and no, but I've never given the true exclusive oh, until okay. now. Mark Stevens originated because I didn't like my middle name because it was super Assyrian. And it was my dad. It was my grandfather's name. It was Sadek. 
So I didn't want, you know, when people, ask, you know, you know, my classmates asked me when I was younger in school, you know, what's your middle name? Oh, Steven. You know, so I felt like that was the English. Oh, so you did that at a young age. I did that at a young age. I've been having this name. So when you were a young kid, yeah, don't you feel like you're dishonoring your grandpa? Super but... dishonoring, yeah. I mean... So how do you reconcile well, well, that? Well, because that was like, you know, when I was trying to find myself and be confident in myself, it was when, you know, in high school, and that was like when 9-11 hit, and I felt like everybody didn't like Middle Eastern people. So I was just trying to get by, you know, in those times. I felt like gentrifying my name, in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah. And where do you stand with it now? Obviously. Oh man, I love it. Oh, I'm I'm yeah. My next music video that I'm doing, I just did a song called We the Wave. It's gonna be all Assyrian. Okay. It's about to go crazy. And what are you gonna do to honor your grandpa's name? You know, I might just I might just change my name on iTunes. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. It's something that's there and at some point you're gonna the you, the big reveal. You're gonna you're gonna figure out how to bring it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to wrap I like it because back. I think in this day and age People value diversity. Tell us about your Assyrian heritage. Yeah. My dad is from Iran, okay. Assyrian. And then my mom is from Lebanon, Assyrian. Um, and then they both came to the States in the late 70s, moved to Chicago. That's where they met, got married, had my older sister, said it was too cold to have a baby in Chicago. Sorry for all the people in Chicago and Detroit and mm -hmm. all the colder places in the world. But they said, oh, let's, we should move to California. And then they had me. How did they meet in Chicago? I don't know. Probably at a convention. Now, did they raise you like super Assyrian? No, they were okay. anti. They weren't anti. They just weren't pro, I guess. I mean, they they raised us in the Assyrian community. Like we'd go to the Assyrian church of the East, which, you know, obviously, you know, we met, you know, a ton of Assyrian people, obviously, and, and, and hanged out with them. And, you know, some of my childhood friends are remembering, you know, are Assyrian. And I remember one in particular or two, when I went to school for the first time, I think elementary, and I saw two Assyrian guys in there, and I just got so excited. And so both your parents are Assyrian, you have a sister, and then you ended up going to San Jose State. No, I got rejected by San Jose State. What? Terrible. I'm still offended. Your prophet is not honored in his hometown, as they say. Uh -huh. I didn't get accepted into San Jose State. I went to junior college, you know, because I barely, I graduated high school with a decent GPA, but um, I just w didn't have any direction for my life post high school. Got a random job at a pharmacy and started working there. And my boss said, oh, you're smart. You can do what I do, make six figures. I said, oh, okay, sure. How do we get there? Go to junior college. And I went there, failed. And I was like, oh, I guess I just should work 40 hours a week and just get money that way. And I was doing that for a little bit. And then my boss said, no, uh, you're kind of smart. You should, you should try again. So I did that and I did really well in like remedial chemistry and math. So I was getting super confident, even though that's not really a high standard of achievement. Anyways, it lit kind of a fire in me academically. And then I started applying to different four-year universities after the junior college. And everybody rejected me, even though I thought I was going to Berkeley. I'm going to Stanford. You know, I probably had like a 2.8, you know, and my junior college thinking, but hey, this is big to me. And uh, I get rejected by everybody except UC Davis is the... University that That's a pretty good school. That's a great school. I don't know how I got in. Yeah. I, I had like a 2.6. You're supposed and, to have a 4. And the other thing that's interesting is, so you got a bachelor's in neurobiology, physiology, and behavior. Yeah. Did See, you check my LinkedIn? I would LinkedIn? have never known that. You I know, did it's check my, your LinkedIn. <laughs> you did. Yeah. I haven't updated in like four years. But that's the nerd side of me. You know, once I realized that I actually was kind of smart 
you know, I just never kind of, I guess, applied myself in the classroom. Well, they're smart people who are not necessarily good students. Yeah, and that's what it was. And even going into UC Davis, I was a little intimidated because I thought, oh, only smart kids get into four-year universities. Well, I get there, and and I'm in this class of like 430 students, and one of the students asked the most dumb question I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, wow, okay. You belong? I belong! <laughs> Man, I'm smarter than most of these kids. Even some of the international students. I mean, I remember taking organic chemistry. And everybody's like, oh, you fail. You know, this is the weeder class if you want to be a doctor or whatever. And I got straight A's in that thing. I was setting the curve. And when you're studying neurobiology and physiology, yeah. so like, what is that? Neurons to your brain. I mean, that was more of the upper division kind of final classes that I had to take. But, um, you know, how the body works, cellular structure, um, you body parts. You must have taken that in pretty deeply, though. I don't did think I did. No, I was it? really good at memorizing the day before and just, and just it? spewing it out. Oh, and then okay. now it's no longer in my memory. Very cool. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and then the yeah. other major thing that's been a part of your life is, yes. this, is this thing called Chi Alpha. Yes. Chi Alpha. So when I first got to UC Davis, you know, I had somewhat of a grid of faith in Jesus. And um, I didn't go to UC Davis with that intention of joining like a Christian group on campus or a church. I was more under the, you know, um, guidance of, or the advice of, hey, join a frat, you know, and try to get connected in that and go to different college parties, which, hey, I was all in for it. That was, hey, I'm, I'm excited to do that. This is college life. But I just got intercepted by this group called Chi Alpha and uh, they got to know me. They invited me to a couple of their events. I didn't know too many students at UC Davis when I first got there. So, you know, I'm kind of feeling not necessarily lonely, but definitely, hey, I'm amongst peers. Did you have any Assyrian people you were connected to there? You know, I don't think so. I think I had one class with one Assyrian, but I think they were ahead of me a little bit. So I, I we we're kind of on a different track, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. And for people who aren't familiar, Chi is an alpha. Yeah, Those Greek letters. Greek and, letters. Yeah, it's not a frat, not a Christian frat, but uh, they represent... Wait, what's a frat? Fraternity? Fraternity, okay. yeah. Is that the proper way so, to say it? I was never well, in one. you never know. Yeah. So, but Chi Alpha Fraternity. It's not a fraternity. It, they just use the Greek letters to represent Christ ambassadors. Interesting. So, um, Chi Alpha, Christ oh. ambassadors. Yeah. Okay. And you're not at that point in any kind of a religious background setting. Well, I mean, you, I got you went to Church of the East, and you're. I went Church of the East. There. Super grateful. Um, you know, water baptized as a baby. Uh, my parents. You know, we try to go to church as much as we can. So, I think those seeds that were planted in me early on, I'm super grateful. You know, because I think it's all part of the journey that you know I got to. And but yeah, not not necessarily like a serious grid in my life when I was at college I didn't like oh let me join a Christian club on campus I was trying to turn up like you didn't go to any Christian clubs in high school yeah so I guess I wasn't really involved and then and then you show up to UC Davis yes and you're getting your bachelor's degree in neurobiology and science and all of that yeah. and at some point you connect with this group yes but you don't just connect it's not like you're like you know this is I'm just going to go to their meetings right. every now and then. Right. You really got turned on there. I got turned on what to Jesus. What happened? Oh what my happened? gosh. Everything flipped, changed. I never realized that you could have a true, authentic relationship with Jesus. And the way that in the group they related to Jesus and how they worshiped. And 
I mean, it wasn't like a charismatic group. It was just more of an expression that I've never seen before. And I think that just opened up my eyes and my heart to, wow, like God can truly be real um, to you. And I was, okay, it's more than singing songs on a screen. Like, okay, you're, you know, more than just a praying time or more than just reading a Bible and kind of absorbing information. Like this is, you could sense his presence uh, at least for my my experience, and uh, yeah, I was definitely life altering. You didn't think it was just a bunch of mumbo jumbo and crazy people? I mean, they were weird and awkward. You know, I was like the coolest one in the group. You didn't you think know? they were like brainwashed? Some some of the stuff, yeah. I mean, I and I think about it now as I kind of matured, and some stuff, yeah. It was, it's a little funny. Uh, I don't even know what to think of an example, but um, you know, I mean, you're it's a faith. You know, you're putting your, your faith into it, you know, so sometimes it's a it's weird, you know, but I, I it's hard to knock my experience that I had in college. Mm-hmm. And I just truly sensed that Jesus was, you know, speaking to me, whether it be through his word or through the love of other people in that group. And it was deeper than just, you know, in a humanitarian effort, you know, like people coming together and having good energy and vibes. It was I felt like it was deeper. And, and what did your parents say about all this? Uh, I I think they were they were pleased, you know. I, th- I think probably better than me doing what they would assume I could be doing <laughs> at a college campus. So, I mean, I would I would have met, you know. I think they were grateful for it and yeah, good, happy about it. That's actually that's really good that um, they embraced that part of you. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just wasn't religious. It wasn't a religious activity. I guess you could. You know, you weren't formally in a church. You were more of a Christian. Yeah, it was group. like a club. It was kind of more of like a loose. But yet still super committed. I mean, we'd meet for prayer meetings. We'd have an hour of power, what we would call it. We'd meet in the campus ministry house in the upper room, you know, and just pray for an hour. And just people really going after God. And it wasn't like, hey, this is when we're having a prayer meeting. You should be there. It was just students just hungering for, for God and wanting Jesus. And, uh, and it was amazing. Yeah. So this has a massive impact on you. Yes. You do finish your bachelor's degree. By the grace of God. Why is that? Because you're just... Man, I had senioritis my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when I start to really get into Jesus, yeah, I don't even know how to say that phrase better, but man... Yeah, what I, do you mean by that? Get into Jesus? Well, I mean, like, I got to lead a Bible study. You know, we're meeting new students on campus. And, you know, just as my life was really impacted, I'm like, hey, I'm sure there's others out there that, that would want, you know, a similar impact for their life to be changed. And getting to witness that and see that you know, in direct relationship with somebody and seeing God move on somebody's life. I'm like, wow, you know, like, this is incredible. This is really meaningful, more meaningful than some neurons and protons, even though those are all part of the package, I guess. Hey, technically. so that's but, pretty interesting, though. You're because you're coming out of if you're studying science. Yeah. And it's it's based on like proofs and evidences. And, yeah. But then you're jumping into this Jesus world right. of praying right. to someone you don't necessarily yeah. see. Yeah. Somehow, though, your brain is able to do this world and to do this world as well. Yeah. I just feel like it when I was in, like, once I, you know, my eyes opened to, to Jesus and I felt I'd go back to those science classes and then I'd just see the complexity of what these instructors were talking about. And obviously they'd just be more descriptive and information about, you know, structures in our bodies. And but just I was like, wow, God, you're so complex. You know, like this is this is really incredible design, you know. So I kind of just grew my love and appreciation for creation that God, mm-hmm. you know, I guess in my worldview has has done. 
And I want to come back to that because there's there's a theme I get with you, and we're going to talk about it, but I don't want to oh, go there boy. just yet. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's good, actually. Love it. So when you make the transition from being a member of Chi Alpha yeah. to doing campus ministry yes. as an actual vocation Gosh, why did job, I do that with my life? What happened? Man, I'm still broke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to get a six-figure job having a biology degree mm-hmm. from a top university in the nation. So you're married and you've got two kids. And yes. so when you talk about being broke or finances or whatever, yeah. you're not just some single guy who can no, live, live off top ramen. Right. Cup of noodles, you've got to you know? be a provider. i got to be a provider. And I'll, and I'll I'll give context to that broke, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in it for the money. You know, I think God has been good to us in terms of we've never been without, you know, all of our needs have always been met. Not only mine, you know, when I first started doing ministry, but then, you know, my family, when I got married, man, God provided us housing and vehicles and food and just great places to live. And now with two children, and it's been a similar theme all the way along, you know, that God truly takes care of us. And, you know, hey, I've been short financially on some months just because of the nature of how we sometimes need to fundraise or, you know, we partner with churches to give to our outreach ministry where we do full time with our lives. It gives us the ability to do nine to five on a college campus by financial backing. And hey, sometimes it's short. But even today, I did a church service and the honorarium that they gave, you know, I just they invited me to speak. So, you know, kind of the common gesture, they'll Provide an honorarium for your time and cash. The, yeah, cash. Yeah, the the you know you're preparing for a message, you're speaking, you know, and you're you're in a sense working, and made up the difference of what of the shortage that we were in the month, and that honorarium was specific, specific this, to the specific number dollar amount. It made up what we needed for the month of what how much we usually need, and so that's just one example of many times where you know God has been awesome and. Yeah. But uh, hey, I mean, in another life, I'd be, you know, want a Maserati or mansion <laughs> so in the hills. Second, no, like, go take us to. Can I be days. honest or not? Nah? It's a serious podcast, right? Yeah. yeah. Tell, we want to know. We want to know the, the real Mark Stevens. Yeah. So, but Afshar. But what Mark yeah. Afshar. There we Sade. go. That's a pretty big jump to go from. I love this group. Oh, they, yeah. they impacted me. Now I'm going to graduate college and go pursue pharmacy or whatever. Right, right. Instead, you're like, I really love this group. I want to do this yes. for other people professionally, yes. vocationally. Yes. I want to yes. get my. Uh, Man, yes. yes. And I'm so glad I made that decision because I, you know, I had amazing mentors in my life that helped me walk through those transitionary seasons, you know, right when I'm getting to graduate and trying to make life decisions. Um, that's one. But one of my mentors said, you know, Mark, don't just try to make a living, try to make a life. And I feel like by diving into something that is super meaningful for me, I've seen the impact of people's lives that we got to be a part of. And I, you can't put a price tag on that, you know, and and not saying you can't be impactful and make a lot of money in a different field of work. I, I think you can do that. But um, for my situation, I'm just so glad to um, have been doing ministry for the last nine years, 2010, nine years. Yeah. So almost going on my 10th year and just super grateful. I mean, what's the day to day? What day-to-day, is that? When you um, say I'm doing ministry? Great question. Hey, what, what are we doing? We're just Does finding funny like memes online out with people yes. and getting coffee. Or we're, what a, is it? we're a people um, organization. Uh, I, 
the majority of my ministry on college campus is I'm getting up in the morning. I'll walk around campus. I'll do like a prayer walk, my own little devotional time, read some scripture, kind of get ready for the day. Um, and then I'll just meet with students one-on-one in the cafeteria for a cup of coffee or a lunch. And when we're talking to them about life, you know, um, their thought processes, their Bible reading time, how, you know, we're just their boyfriend and girlfriend, why they break up, you know, or just deeper issues, you know, maybe they had some wounds in their life. And sometimes, hey, I'm not, uh, that's not my expertise. I can only, I mean, I'm not a psycho- trained psychologist, so we'll have to, you know, get somebody else in the situation, but just A through Z life. And, and if they want to grow in their faith, we do Bible studies for groups of college students. So we'll do like a small group, maybe in a dorm or for some athletes. Um, I'll do pregame chapels for athletic teams that have a game and some of the players want something like that. Um, and then we'll do like a worship night every week in a classroom where we'll play music, we'll worship in that sense. And I'll get up and preach a, um, a message from the Bible. Um, so yeah, it's kind of our, our and weekly. do these people seek you out? Yeah. So like we'll do tabling. And, what does that mean? Oh, tabling. So um, when school starts, there's always students looking to join whatever that they may oh, be like interested in. Set up a booth? Set up a booth type thing. Yeah. So kind of at the beginning of the year when new students are wanting to connect and, you know, maybe they come from church backgrounds that they want to have that in college. They don't want to lose, you know, that sense of community and in, in, in their faith. And um, yeah. So usually they come to us. Yeah. It's interesting, there is the thought within the church world that kids will be a part of, like, youth group until they're 18, Yeah, and then they show up to college, and at that point, they're being hit with deeper, more complex yeah. questions and different perspectives that they were never aware of. Yeah, which I think we, yeah, I think the church has done a disservice, I guess you could throw me into that group of not preparing intellectually young people into what they would be walking into in a secular environment. Although I will say this, when we get amazing, you know, young people that are from the church that are part of awesome youth groups or any youth group and they get to college and they join a Christian ministry like Kyle for some other Christian ministry, they get on fire. They go, they go next level. So, I mean, that, that environment produces, you know, a more radical breed of, of a Christian. What's in next my, level? Next level is, you know, how are you, you know, reaching out to your classmates? It becomes more um, transformational in the sense that you want to transform uh, a campus, you know, and you feel like, hey, this is me and Jesus. Transform the campus how? Yeah. I mean, you think about, you know, the the suicide level on a campus. You think about the black, the amount of blackouts, students getting drunk and high and raped and all kinds of just terrible things that happen on college campus. Um, one of my mentors, he went to Chico State to become a, a, he was a college pastor out there and he felt called to go to Chico State. It was the number one party school in the world at that time. Mm-hmm. MTV was put when MTV was like a big entity thing. I don't know if it still is, but, um, you know, like when TRL was a thing, but they put him on. They said Chico State is the number one party school in the nation. And so he just had a heart, his heart was gripped to go there. And then two years later, it became like 293. You know, I don't even know how they rate, you know, how good of a party school that you have, but uh, in, in that sense that, hey, we, you know, we see destruction that, you know, is harmful for anybody, you know, for a young person. And we want to save you from that. Again, I'm not a savior, but I know Jesus can save somebody from from potentially harm, bringing harm to themselves. And um, yeah, just flipping the flipping the atmosphere. So that's that's actually what's what I think is so compelling about the work that you do is. Thanks. 
is you're you're truly you're wanting to look out for people. Help Absolutely, people. I love people. I'm in this for people because I love them and I believe in them. Jesus said that you will go and do greater works than I. He believes in people. Oh my man, I know, and I know that I sense that from Jesus. You know, when I read the scripture and I read that verse, so I'm like, man, I'm maybe sometimes I'm too optimistic to a fault, but I'm like, man, if God God can do anything with anybody and um, that's it. Hey, if you're in ministry, if you don't like people, you know, get a different job, you know, don't do that with your life. But, um, uh, I love people. And to me, the greatest investment that you can make with your time is to spend it on people. And I feel like I've seen awesome fruit of that. Um, you know, just even getting to, uh, officiate weddings of college students that, you know, we got to see impact in their lives. And so kind of like a full, full circle for us. And, um, yes, is your wife doing the ministry as yeah, well? Yeah, she or? was she was saved in the same ministry at a different college. It was Chi Alpha, but at a different university. And uh, she became a student leader there at her university, Cal State Stanislaus in Turlock, a Syrian nation of the world, yeah, Syrian capital of the Syrian world. Capital <laughs> yeah. of the world. That's yes. right. But um which is awesome. And uh but yeah, she's super involved. Um uh, now she works a uh job at uh, another university. Um, somebody's got to pay the bills, right? No, I'm just kidding. But, um, but yeah, she'll help out. She'll mentor gals. Um, you know, we'll do premarital stuff with students who are, you know, wanting to get married and mentor in that way. She'll, she'll come along and yeah. Very cool. Um, it's, it's probably very important for your marriage yep. to have someone who understands what you're doing because yes. they've done it as well. Exactly. Especially we got, for that field. Exactly. Uh, we've got impacted by the same exact organization so it's like very similar dna so you two are just jiving together yeah we get i mean we get it yeah we have a lot of fun and it's fun yeah you've been doing campus ministry all these years but then somewhere in the middle of that you became like a rap star i mean i want to say yeah yeah, i'm an artist whatever you want i think i am a rap star you know because i guess you got you know you got to believe in yourself you know because no one else will right um but I've always loved rap music. When I was a kid, I was like, in, I think I was like in, uh, gosh, I don't even know how young I was, but I'd print off lyrics of, Lud- you know, Ludacris's latest rap singles. I print it off and I try to memorize it and, and learn how he raps. And so from an early age, you know, I love rap. Um, and then I do it um, for fun. Like was I was in high school or on the basketball team when we'd travel on a bus, somebody would bang on the bench seat to make a beat. You know, or in the locker room, they'd make a beat and some of us would try to freestyle, you know, in that sense. And as I got older, there was a amazing uh, guy that uh, I got to meet at a barbershop. And he, he, to me, he's like the greatest freestyle freestyler in the world. And freestyle is a form of rap where you just spontaneously on the spot, kind of like the introduction that we did. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it as good. This guy's legendary. I mean, he can, it's almost like Jay, I don't know if you heard of Jay-Z, Jay-Z would do that. He'd go into the recording studio and they played the beat and whatever he would freestyle in, in the booth, they it turned out to be a song. I mean, it's just super crazy. I mean, it's an amazing gift. Um, so he kind of impacted me to, to, to do that a little bit more. Um, I made some anthems for our local Chi Alpha ministry just as a form of, hey... Wait a second. That was interesting. Yes. So in high school, you're already feeling this whole beatbox and... Uh, free flowing. Yes. So you're kind of getting like nibbles of it. But yes. But then you meet someone at a barber shop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are you getting your haircut and somebody's rapping? Well. Okay, I meet back up. Sorry. So I meet him 
through a mutual friend who was on my basketball team who he knew him and he brought him to my house because I had like a makeshift studio on my in my room and we it, me and my friend on the basketball team would record some stuff just in for fun. high school in high school wow. all for fun good for yeah. you yeah I mean you know I guess it was the thing to do in that day but um, he brought him to my house one time and I, he couldn't stay for too long but I heard him rap and I'm like oh wow he's like he was super super gifted and then I see him at the barber shop. And I was like, oh, man, you know, I saw you again. Like, yeah, this is kind of weird or coincidental. And so we exchange information. And then he starts, like, taking me to some of his shows and some of his studio sessions. Can you say who that person is? Yeah, his name, his rap name is Likewise. He's not rapping anymore. Um, he was a Christian hip-hop artist who really, like, imp uh, like before I got to UC Davis, made that decision for, for Jesus. He really impacted my life. And he was just so genuine. Um, he actually was on drugs for a good amount of his life. And uh, he just had to come into Jesus moment and got clean and just lived his life for God. And but it was an impeccable rapper. I mean, just probably to this day, I don't know too many better than than him. So I feel like I'm carrying what he he started, mm. you know. And I just yeah, that's kind of a little bit more of my inspiration and motivation for that. But um, yeah. So I see him at the barbershop. So we kind of like have that coincidental. Hey, we should connect. And so he gets me a little bit more into rap. Right? He's taking me around. He's showing me the culture. He's taking me to some more, you know, hood spots in San Jose that I, you know, I grew up in South San Jose and Almaden. And um, he's taking me to these kind of inner city spots. But, you know, they're making beats and the production is super fire. You know, you got some got some guys in there and um, kind of grew a love for rap. And then I get to college and make an anthem for the campus ministry. And I got all these like nerdy Christian kids to say a line and. Um, we just had a ton of fun with it and just having fun, you know, just kind of expressing ourselves. And that turned into, I made an actual anthem for the mm -hmm. National Chi Alpha Ministry and it blew up. It went crazy. And then I made one for the basketball team at UC Davis. That went crazy. So I'm like, oh, cool. I can make some anthems, you know? So I started getting a little bit of confidence. Like, oh, okay. I think I can represent people in a rap song. And so I kind of found a kind of a niche. And then as a last year, I'm like, nah, I can make anthems for every, you know, for everybody, for everything. And so I started taking it serious, and that's when I put my music on iTunes, and then now I'm going crazy. You are. I'm you're, going you're crazy. On Spotify. Um, yeah, I mean everybody, anybody can get on Spotify. <laughs> you just got to pay a certain, you know. Is that right? Yeah, I mean yeah. anybody can create an account that can get your music on Spotify. But you know, um, we've got some cool playlists that we got to get on organically. You know, just hey, the Spotify is recognizing our sound and our level of production, and. Um, Pretty cool. How many albums have you released total? This was my first one. So oh, okay. an EP, it's a mini album of seven songs. But prior to that, I think I released eight singles. I did. I was trying to go like once a month. Let me let me release a new song and learned a lot as I've as I've started this and uh, really excited where I'm going. Look, mic check. Even though we've checked the mic multiple times today, Mark 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 Stevie. Uh, my girlfriend said, "Hold on, hold on. Let me let me start that back. Hold on, Mark Mark Stevie, huh?" My girl said that I'm sweet, like some Stevie, yeah. I'm not really social, say my media. When you got that swag, they believe in you. Look, yeah, when I rap, uh, it's a climax. Movie like it's IMAX. My family out in Iraq, uh. Hey. So that's your, that's one of your gifts. You I just, think so. You rhyme these things. They've and got they have fun. They're clever, I think, in my humble opinion. And are, you, are you a modern day Proverbs? 
modern day proverbs. Yeah. Yeah. I got some for you every day. Short, pithy sayings. That short, pithy sayings. Yeah. Yes. Some of them are that rhyming are, together. Some of them are rhyming together. They theologically sound. How did you get a video with Steph Curry? What happened there? Um, One of my best friends who is an incredibly talented videographer who actually has a studio right down the street from University of Pacific where I do Chi Alpha. Uh, super good friends. And uh, he's always looked to me for, you know, just leadership nuggets. You know, obviously in my field of work, we're always trying to grow in our capacity as leaders. So, you know, he kind of saw that and, hey, how could I grow in as a leader? But anyway, so he is contracted with a pretty big Christian rapper named Bizzle. So my videographer friend. Now, Bizzle is, Steph Curry has gone on air and said this. Steph Curry said that Bizzle is his favorite rapper. So Bizzle had this idea of making an anthem for the Golden State Warriors. And so Bizzle has my friend shoot all of his videos. And he said, hey, can you shoot my video? And my friend who does the video said, Mark, can you come out, get on a megaphone and just give direction to people? Because I know it's going to be a mess when Steph Curry shows up. I think you can, you can give some direction and, you know, maybe calm people down and give some order. And I said, man, you're sure, you know, I'm don't think I'd be intimidated of Steph. He seems like a pretty chill dude. Well, we get to, we, we find an amazing place in Oakland. I think it's like East Oakland at mm -hmm. this house. Well, you know, we're waiting there. We're shooting the shots that we need to shoot. All of a sudden we see, you know, Bizzle, the rapper, he says, oh, Steph's on his way. He should be like a minute out. And we're like, okay, we're looking for like a black SUV. You know, I'm looking out, you know, cause I gotta be on the megaphone to give instructions to people and say, hey, please let's be mindful of Steph Curry's time. He's been generous to give his time to, to be a part of this video. All of a sudden, you know, we see this 2016, uh, no tint, uh, um, what brand of car is he sponsored by? Is it a, I think is it, a, is it Audi? I forget, he was in some kind of commercial, but he pulls up in something similar. I mean, no tent, just a regular car. And he parallel parks on a busy street in East Oakland, nobody with him. I mean, just a regular dude. He mm -hmm. pops out, gets out of his car, and people are going crazy, but we were able to kind of moderate the situation, you know, via the megaphone. And people were actually really respectful. Um, and he was just the kindest dude. I mean, he was having fun in the music video. We got him in the scene that we wanted him in and he just had a blast. And you could tell that the people there in East Oakland felt so loved and valued because Steph pulled up to their neighborhood. I mean, he's, a, he's an iconic, legendary superstar. I mean, he's bigger than, than life, you know, but he pulls up parallel parks like a regular human being. I mean, it wasn't the best parallel park, but I mean, he's an expert in shooting, not parallel parking. And you're through those anthems that you did yeah and then releasing your own album like yeah. this guy bizzle you're actually making inroads with and connecting with all these different yeah kind of rap stars yeah yeah i say um he's like really become one of my best friends not bizzle but um this guy named mission who's pretty big he just hit a million streams on his song called thank the lord on youtube he's pretty big he's a pretty big artist and he's made a lot of impact but we become like really close um, and, uh, it's been cool. He put me on his album. It's dropping on October 4th. It's called Thank You, Lord. We made it safe. And he has me on a song called Godway. And it's a big deal. I mean, he's a big artist with a big platform. And for him to put me on that meant a lot to me. And, uh, it inspired me. It felt like it took me to my next level. I think it's my best rap verse that I've said, um, today. Do you want to hear it? It's really Let's clever. It. It's really Let's clever. It. And it's a little risque, uh -huh. but that's just, I guess, my personality. And I'm just going to be me. So, uh, yeah, uh, never been fake, 
Life's like a movie, ain't no Kim K. Yeah. Psalm 23, just like MJ. Yeah. Keep up 100 like I'm Ben Frank. Yeah. I've been ducking suckers since the 10th grade. Yeah. I've been dodging Satan since I've been saved. Yeah. God made a way when there was no way. Daily in his word, that's my paper chase. Well, I'm feeling myself, not even off that purple drink. Catch me at church, I'll be off that purple drink. I am not a killer, but I murder beats. I did it God's way. You can't disturb my peace. Yeah. Mark Stevens. Ta-da. So you, did you write all that yourself? I did. We were in the studio down the street from my campus at UOP at my videographer friend's studio. Yeah. True you story. you pen and a pad out or how do you? No, I come up. Process? My process is I listen to the beat. I try to feel the beat, you know, just kind of be one with the beat and just let, I just, whatever comes to me. I, I try to go with it. I don't negate any thought. Any thought is free game. Sometimes that gets me in trouble, but most of the time, I just feel like I'm so free in that moment where, you know, words are kind of falling, if that makes sense. And we were in the studio and he played that beat and he said, like, Mark, I want you on one of my songs. And I got a little nervous because this is a big deal. You know, I'm barely starting out. This guy's an accomplished artist, but it just, it, it, it drew out the greatness in me. And I felt like that was my best verse in terms of being clever and true to who I am and funny, witty and all that type of stuff. But yeah. So this is just the beginning for you? This is just the beginning. How does it feel to have released this album? Um, good. I'm, I'm content. I'm oh, no, I'm grateful, but I'm not content. Yeah. So you've got your I'm, sights set on more stuff. Oh, I'm going crazy. I'm like, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm very honored and excited that that AP dropped. And I'm proud of myself for putting out... I mean, because it takes a lot of work, you know, to record and have a full-on production and drop it as, you know, if you're a music artist. How do you, who comes up with your beats? Um, we have two really talented producers in Sacramento area that uh, that just have a gift to be a producer. They're incredible. So so they help you with the beats. You yeah. hear the beats, then you put... Words to it. And they take my vocals and they just put sauce on it effects they chop it up they make me sound like a million dollars well so you all, sound great right now and we're not going to be doing any you can't put sauce on you're not no, put sauce on oh, i'm out sauce. peace out y'all i, can't I got no, no sauce. secret sauce i'll try to cut out some of our um that's the best i can do for this <laughs> nice. so. but that's pretty awesome that you've gone from campus minister to you're still doing that yes you're still connecting with students yes but now you're going to like parties and you're rapping and yeah. you're releasing music for the world yeah i love it i think I try to negate that part of me, especially when I gave my life to Christ. I felt like they were two separate. They were at odds. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to be a minister the whole time. And I didn't I didn't reconcile the idea that hey, this, is, this is an extension of my ministry, quote unquote. You know, this is who I am. You know, God gave me that gift. Why sleep on it? And it took me a while to, to uncover that and to tap into that. But now I'm all in, you know. Are there any rap artists who are not? quote unquote Christian or do not identify as Christian and yet you when you listen to their music it lifts you up and it moves you yeah I mean I love Drake I feel like he gets me in a vibe you know um uh Meek Mill I love his grit you know somebody that comes from the streets and came from difficult situations um I mean I like <laughs> this is kind of a funny uh confession I mean I like some of these trap rappers you know that really rap about the trap but I just hey this is where they well, trap rappers trap trap rapper. rapper just you know uh like people, talking about how they're in a trap yeah and a trap is you know like the immortal, drug world that just keeps you in that 
environment because this is the way that you're getting by. And so it's a song for the oppressed. It's a song for, it's the a rap oppressed. for the oppressed. Yeah, but it's like to me, it's really raw and authentic. Obviously, maybe some some rappers might be, um, uh, you know, not being truthful all the way. I don't know. You know, maybe some just try to. Um, what's the word? Um, uh, I don't know what word, but. But yeah, I mean, like you could tell. I mean, some of the, some of these guys come from really rough backgrounds, and they rap about it. And I, I just it it I could feel their their pain and the things that they've gone through without having to actually have been there. And that's what I really enjoy about some of these artists. And I think that's what an artist is supposed to do. You know, they're supposed to tap into who they are, and um, so you can feel that the way that they feel and express that. And, yeah, when you first when you first said trap rapper, yeah, I thought a rapper who only talks about their pain and doesn't help someone get untrapped. Yeah, I mean, and that's I guess the downfall. But you know, that's a deep conversation of the way that culture um, is set up in the United States. I mean, that's a heavy, heavy topic. I mean, I, I'd imagine most people don't want to be in a trap, but sometimes they are the kind of that's the the cards that they've been dealt with now can treasure come out of the trap absolutely i'm man i have a major heart to see people in the underserved communities uh, i so believe every chance i get you know if i'm in an underserved community i'm like man I'm, I'm speaking life and gold over these young people who may not even think about that themselves you know and uh uh, so yeah, I guess that that could be a difficulty in in listening to that music. Like, yeah, give me some hope to get out of my situation, which I think Mission, my good friend, who put me on his album, he does a really great job of that because he comes from a really really uh tough background, but he's given hope, you know. So, do you feel like you're a Syrian heritage, and just knowing what it is to be an ethnic minority, do you feel that that uh, energizes you or gives you perspective that you otherwise wouldn't have? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's, I think we understand what it feels like to not necessarily have a home to, you know, a home country to identify with. Um, you know, it's always awkward when we're introducing ourselves. So I think that makes one feel marginalized. You know, you don't necessarily have a home. Um, and people are like, what? You know, that doesn't make sense. I'm like, yeah, it does. Just <laughs> learn some history. <laughs> but um yeah, and I think being Middle Eastern in the United States is kind of a tough situation, you know, with all the news coverage in, in the Eastern world doesn't paint the best picture. Uh, but man, I love Muslim people from the Middle East. We have a group on campus. I go, I make sure that they know that I love them. And, um, you know, I um, try to go to some of their events and just show love, you know, like, Hey, these are my people, you know, they're from the middle East. And so I, I identify with them in that regard, you know, mm -hmm. sure. We have a difference of faith and we think differently of Jesus, but that's another <laughs> conversation. But, uh, but yeah, I love being middle Eastern. I'm super grateful. And I've later in life, I've come to that conclusion that man, I'm so grateful. I'm a Syrian because when are we going to hear the first Assyrian rap song from, I feel like it's, or there's been, no, I'm saying from, oh, you. for me, yeah, that'll go crazy. Hey, I'm Could trying to shoot. It? I for sure could you do it. You know the language good enough. You can sit there. And I can get by. I mean, I'll have my mom on the track. But... Hey, man, when, when are you going to release it? Let's do an anthem for the for the podcast. Yeah. That'll go crazy. Yeah. 
But no, true story. I my 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 main single off my EP that I just dropped. It's called March Stevie Wonder. I was inspired. I learned how to play piano via Stevie Wonder book. The notes in there and his songs. So super inspired by them. But my first song on the EP is called We the Wave, and it's a really fun song. It's my favorite song on the EP. But I'm gonna about to shoot a music video, and it's gonna be a Syrian theme, drinking chai, mm. you know, eating pita, kebabs, nazooks. Yeah, you know. Going crazy. Bringing your Assyrian culture into it. Yeah, and I'm gonna. And my friend Mission is on it. And he's African American, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have him do all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm. Let us know. We'll have to pump it up. On Let's pump it up. Media. I need models. I need y'all. Yeah. Oh, okay. I want only Assyrian people in this video. Do Minus I, my African American. Yes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was nervous asking you. I I, was, I didn't want to get yeah. turned down. We talked about your like creation of a song, sort of. The process you go yeah. through, you hear beats and then yeah. you put music to it and then yes. you edit it and you play with it. Yeah. Um, and you've come out with your first EP. Mm -hmm. What's it like to be a dad? It's lit. I like, it's the craziest feeling in the world because you have, at the end of the day, like my, especially my three-year-old, because we just have a, we have a three-year-old and a three-month-old. So obviously the three-year-old is more mindful and observant, even though the three-month-old is observant as well, but just not to the degree of the three-year-old, obviously. Um, it's just the most amazing feeling to have him want to be like me. And, you know, he'll see me on a video and or he'll see me, you know, speaking somewhere at a church or in front of our college students. And this is my boy, you know, and I get to for, help form and shape who he is as a person for a short amount of time, you know, 18 years or however long he wants to live. I'm like, hey, you can live with me forever. I'm not tripping, you know, <laughs> that's how my parents were. And um, But uh, it's, man, I'm deeply humbled and honored that, wow, God would allow me to have kids, you know, because I was like, man, I feel like I'm a kid still, mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, but hey, I have a lot of fun with, with our, with our boys and so fun. Super fun. I mean, it gets. I mean, right now I'm doing potty training for for the th for the almost three year old. It's not the business. I almost I gagged probably a couple times trying to because he has a mini toilet not connected to any sewage, so I have to clean it's it out. Diaper. Yeah, but hey, he's out of diapers, so that's a huge win for us. Oh, so he's got his own legit. He's got his own. It's not a legit. Mini, mini it's just toilet. a. It's a mini toilet. Oh, so he's got like a bowl. Basically. He's got a bowl. Yeah. So, but. We're trying to get them on the real. Yeah. You talked about Bizzle as one of your inspirations and mission. Yep. Um, any other, and the, the life, lifestyle, what was his name? The early one? Oh, Likewise. Likewise. Yeah. Likewise. Wow. You talked about Likewise. Any other ins people who have really inspired you? Um, you know, there's a there was a professor at UC Davis who I'm very grateful for and great friends with to this day. I actually didn't take a class with him, but uh, I met him because I was doing team talks for the basketball team when I was at UC Davis and they invited him to do a, a guest um, session to kind of a team talk with the team. And he's the world's leading expert on gratitude. And so I was like, wow. I, was, I was so intrigued. We can have wow. him on the podcast. He, he's a great, he's a great guy. He's incredible. Gratitude? Yeah, gratitude. He's a world leading expert. So he gets quoted by, you know, all the big blogs, you know, newspapers, you know, Washington Times. And, you know, he's always on those, those sites. But um, he does, yeah, he does research and gratitude. And he came and did a gratitude talk. And I was like, wow, you know, I'd love to be there. So, I'm, you know, I showed up and just to listen to what he had to say. And I was just so blown away. It was a great presentation, very informative. 
I felt like I, I was definitely, you know, lacking in the gratitude department and uh, just help, you know, my life. But I got to talk to him after his talk and come to find out that he's of the faith and he places his faith in Jesus. And here he is, a, you know, world renowned expert and doctor and a professor, you know. At Can UC you share his name? Yeah, Dr. Robert Emmons. He put me in his book. He has a book out called Little Book of Gratitude. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you say like, thanks for so-and-so and so-and-so in the beginning of your book. He shouted me out. So we became so close and cool. And uh, he's definitely someone who inspires me because someone of his intellect um, is yet so humble um, in, in his approach to life and towards people and um, is just lives his message. I mean, he's just so full of gratitude. He actually, he, he brought me to Yale University to co-present with him. So I had the opportunity to, to co-present a lecture at Yale University with him. We tag teamed it. And uh, I was like, man, you sure? <laughs> I'm not going to tell these people anything new or revolutionary that they already know. You know, they probably learned this in third grade. But uh, I would, so man, he really helped me in my grid to become, you know, more learned um, as a way to serve people better, and it just grow in my in my knowledge, just to help people. And uh, I love that guy; he's amazing. We're so awesome friends. That's such an important key, though. What you just said, you became more learned. Yes. To help serve people better. Yeah, right. Because you know, I work with college students. They're always asking questions. You know, why? Why does this happen? Why does this happen? And if we are better versed, I'm not saying be more eloquent. I'm just saying, hey, if we're more studied to be able to give answers to questions that intriguing minds have, because I think sometimes we don't have answers for things. And again, I don't have all the answers. I don't got the answers, Sway. One time Kanye said in an interview that went viral, but um, I don't have all the answers. But if I can try to learn and do my due diligence of providing some kind of helpful reasoning to somebody that can help them, why not work hard and be diligent at that, you know? And so Dr. Emmons showed showed me that in the way that he lived his life. And Now, speaking of gratitude, the other yeah. thing that I pick up off of you is you're one of the most positive people I know. So you're someone who has this um, powerful positivity where Thanks. Um, you could be feeling down, yeah. but being in your presence lifts people wow. up. Wow. Um, but with that being said, tell us how Mark Stevens deals with pain. Wow. Um, cry, hide it, mask it, pretend that I'm okay. Go to the gym, try to work it out, eat junk food, make myself feel better. I mean, that all sounds very healthy. <laughs> it's not. What do you no, mean? No, it sounds oh, like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. you do I see what you're it. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know... I'd probably say the gym is a great... It sounds like you're aware. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, sometimes... I mean, I guess it's hard to be fully aware. So, so are you, like, completely ripped? No, I'm not ripped you at got, all. Like, a six-pack? No, and... I'm trying to catch up, like, oh, from okay. five years ago. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I think processing it um, with people that I know love me unconditionally, you know, obviously my wife, mentors in my life who are just more down the line of, of life. You know, once, you know, I remember <laughs> talking to my campus pastor when I was a college student and we had this thing where I, we would 
list off. This is kind of, this may sound weird, one of those weird faith things, but it was amazing. I just felt super liberated, but it was kind of all the darker quote unquote sins that I felt that I committed early on in my life that I never confessed. You know, the Bible is big on confession, you know, and, uh, and so I wrote down a list with my campus pastor of all the things I felt like I did wrong. And some of them, some of them were so, you know, trivial and, but some of them were a little bit deeper, you know, nothing crazy, uh, you know, but, um, I wrote them down, but it took me literally like an hour to voice them because I felt they were so deeply in me where they were just kind of suffocated and just deeply never exposed. But once I got to confess them with my mouth, I felt like the power withered, you know, and that was very liberating for me. We wrote them all down and then we took it to his barbecue and lit it on fire as just symbolically, mm. you know, kind of like a ritual ritual. Yeah. We didn't say no chance or anything like that. We just said, all right, Jesus, we believe in your ability to, you know, forgive our trespasses and, and throw them in the sea of forgetfulness, you know. And uh, uh, I thought that was like really liberating, you know, and that was really awesome. Um, and yeah, I, so I'd say, you know, a handful of things to try to deal with pain, but um, typical. Good. Popeyes. I'm glad to hear that. Chick-fil-A. I'm glad to hear you have... Popeyes, Popeyes is better than Chick-fil-A, mm -hmm. the chicken sandwich. I'm sorry. Well, I appreciate you sharing that because uh, dealing with pain, especially when you're coming from a faith background, people try to put a bow on things. Yeah. And sounds like you like to put uh, I'm Popeyes on, on I on love it. to put yeah. Popeyes on it or Chick-fil-A sauce. Yeah. I want to talk to you about your relationship with your wife. Yeah. She's not an Assyrian. No. And... <gasps> Tell us about that relationship and the ups and downs and maybe yeah. just all ups. Yeah. She's amazing. I realized, I always thought that like, you know, you kind of mentioned it, I'm super positive and this amazing person that does ministry and does rap and is always awesome all the time and is always grateful, is always grateful. But once I got married, I realized like, wow, I'm really not as good as I think because now you have somebody that sees you. 24 7 she calls you out and she calls she and she she does in an, in, an, in a loving way where it's like oh like if i make a complaint about what she's doing then not like in a competitive way but she's like well you know you got, what about this that you did you know like you left your cups all out around the house half filled with coffee now they have black marks in the mug are you you know and i'm like oh you didn't do the dishes you know i just I, 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 I'm like, wow, marriage really causes you to look deeply within yourself and you realize how, you know, not as strong and amazing of a person that you are, but now you get to become that. And with the right person, um, I feel like my wife has helped me become a better man, husband, a father. I mean, she's always, you know, encouraging me to, to, you know, do the right things, you know, for kid, the kids and make sure I'm making time for them and a busy schedule and which, which I do, but you know, she's just a helpmate, you know, and she's amazing. Yeah. Very cool that you have that relationship in your life. Yes. So in closing, one of the things we like to ask people who are on the Assyrian podcast is if you could say something to all the Syrians all over the world who listen yeah. to the Assyrian podcast, what are you going to say to them? Wow. I love y'all. I'm so grateful for the Assyrian nation. I feel like we have so much diversity, so many gifts and talents out there. We're a worldwide movement. I love you all. I pray that you guys, ha you all have the amazing year 
and lives and we make history. We do continue to do amazing things for the culture and the community and we just continue to unite and unite and uh, I'm grateful for y'all. Love y'all. Uh, thanks That's for it. being on the podcast. Honored. Thank you for having me. Cool. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, help us out by sharing it out. Whether that's on your social media or telling someone you know, we appreciate all your support. Please continue to rate and review us wherever you listen to the podcast. And that's it for this week's episode. See you next time.